It's the Cosmic Queer Podcast. Okay, that was the best opening yet, I think. Uh, Still getting there with the theme song. But hello and welcome to the Cosmic Queer Podcast. Uh, Today, we've got some great topics. And I, uh, let's see, uh, I'm here with uh, the almost doctor, Dr. Shay. (laughs) Shay, Shay, Shay. That's my name. (laughs) Uh, So, what are we doing here? We're talking about sleeping. I've always had a lot of trouble sleeping. Me too. And I um, have found some cool tricks here and there. Stuff that's even not smoking weed. Um, (laughs) What a novel idea. (laughs) I love this for all of us. Uh, and then, uh, what else are we talking about? Animal agriculture. But also, uh, we're just gonna... We've been watching a lot of Grease and Frankie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I <laughs> I kind of rejected the show at first. Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't against it, but I just did not watch it as soon as it came out. But uh, we've been watching it now, and I gotta say, I really, really like it. It's a great show to just have on in the background. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. And, like, even as a kid, like, I watched the Golden Girls and stuff. So, like... Uh, like, I don't know. I've personally never Is had... Is that the same age range? I feel like though they were older. Um, or does Jane Fonda just really look good? I think they just look good. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. they just look good. That's about the same age. But yeah, so, I don't know. So, for me, like, it doesn't make sense that, like, <laughs> like we don't have more shows with older people. Because I guess, like, in some ways, people be like, oh, but, like, we don't want to invest in that because they'll die while we're filming. <laughs> that is so fucked up. That is so... Like... I thought it was because, like, ageism, you know, but and it, it kind of sucks if you won't hire someone because you expect them to die soon. Nowadays, like, I feel like celebrities, though, they never die, some of them. No, yeah, that does feel true a lot of the times. But also, that's just, even, like, even if you're not old, that's just, like, what celebrities in general, like, if you're doing a lot of coke and people know about it, (laughs) or even if you just do, like, risky-ass behavior, Mm -hmm. like, you love to do, like, some type of extreme sport, you know? Like, studios will make you sign certain contracts that will say that you cannot go snowboarding. You know what? Someone needs to tell that shit to Harrison Ford, because (laughs) the man is, like, seven. It is like mid to late 70s. I honestly don't know. And he has personally crashed a plane more than twice. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. Like one time I think he was riding one of those like, you know, those tiny planes, you know, that I guess rich people just do for fun. <laughs> and I think he crash landed on a golf course and all the headlines were like, Harrison Ford crashes. And then it like, would cut off, you know. Jeez. <laughs> but he's fine. It's it's wild. Well, I mean, I totally am down with the conspiracy that very, very rich people and celebrities uh, have access to medical technologies that the average person just doesn't get. And, I mean, you can say that it's just not even a conspiracy because that's just... It, that's the, just the medical system. Yeah, that's just, that's just the medical <laughs> like, system. That's, that's hardly a conspiracy. No, yeah, that's just, like, oh, the way insurance works. Like, if you don't have a certain insurance, they won't even tell you certain things that they have mm-hmm. that can make you better. Because they're like, you're broke-ass, can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. 
but no, yeah. How? What do you love about Grace and Frankie? Who's your favorite character? Oh my god! And so- <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel about olds? Olds. Do you like olds? Well, see, I honestly think Grace and Frankie is probably the only show I've seen that's been just this, like, mainly features old people. I'm not super fond of them as a general. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, rude, rude. But I mean, to be fair. They're, they can't be just horrifying dinosaurs. But this show is fucking hilarious. I feel like... <laughs> horrifying dinosaurs. Horrifying dinosaurs. Wow. Some old people, like, I think it's wild what people will excuse because they're like, I'm old. Like... No, you're not wrong. It's crazy. I'm like, you're clearly smart enough to be making, like, you know what I mean? Be like, oh, no, don't worry. It's just, it's just the dementia that makes me a racist. <laughs> No, yeah. Oh. oh my god. Uh, dementia. Uh, I definitely have some stuff to say about dementia later. But, uh, but yeah. I think I have a grace inside of me. Um, but I'm probably mostly a Frankie. I'm definitely mostly a Frankie. Uh, <laughs> and mostly a Frankie and a soul. You know what? Brianna well, no. is who I am at work and Frankie is who I am at home. <laughs> no, yeah. Brianna is funny. I don't know. I love the whole show. It's very funny. I mean, it is lacking just like, I don't know, <laughs> overall diversity. What? But, don't forget uh, about the black sun. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is the black sun <laughs> and then they had, then they realized, wow, there's really only one non-white person on this entire show so they had to then have frankie get with a black dude which is fine he's a cool black dude but uh he's like idris elba but like an uncle version (laughs) you know like less ripped lives on a farm no yeah he definitely is but yeah it's a very funny show i think we should focus on old people more especially because when we were watching i realized like it was funny because it actually made sense because on tv a lot of the times unless the show takes place at their job you rarely rarely Mm -hmm. see a character at work especially in a comedy it's all of their downtime you know Mm -hmm. but with them it makes sense that it's always in their downtime because they're retired. <laughs> That's true. You know, like, yeah. but um, it's not just like why are you always at home? Well, I like the show also because as it kind of goes on, I realize that I'm gonna be so irritated when I get old because <laughs> <laughs> they really highlight a lot of the problems. I guess that you don't realize hit you once you're past because it's when people stop like marketing shit to you so you like no longer exist in the algorithm you know no, yeah which is wild that's crazy but i don't know i don't i don't know that's so fucked up especially just because like we're living longer and longer we just have to figure things out now i don't know this show's funny that you know what i would just like to say that i think saul um has great eyebrows no, yeah. Um, and he could totally play someone's, like, grandfather on Shit's Creek, which is another show that we should, <laughs> we'd, like, stop watching it, but it's so funny. Oh, no. I mean, I'd be done to watch that again. But, uh, what do you call it? No, I was saying, no, I'm definitely more of a Frankie. I like the way, like, Frankie and Saul, like, together they were just hippies. Yeah. And I, like, like, they got along in that way. But I definitely, like, agree more with, uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Robert. Robert. <laughs> just the way that, like, he's just like, look, I'm gonna go be fucking gay and have gay friends. Yeah, and, like, he's <laughs> leaning into it. No, yeah, because, like, why, like, why not? You're Honestly, fucking... why not? You were that old. You should leave a week, like, if not now, then when? No, yeah, like, go be a fucking <laughs> theater gay. Like, who gives a shit? 
<laughs> That's just so funny. It's like, you know, you're never too old for stereotypes. No, you're never too Live old. Live out for your stereotypes. best cliches. So, yeah, you could just retire and be a full time theater gay. That's great. That's what I would do if I were him. I mean, respect. Why the fuck not? Yeah, we haven't finished the show. I think we're on season four. Oh, yeah. And there's six seasons. And I think I've seen, actually, I think I've seen up to season four before. But I didn't realize that there were two more seasons. Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> okay. Well, people, I have done something that I have done a few times now. What? I've planned with one of my rocks. <laughs> what? I oh love my, my crystals, and I have one in my hand, and a little chip of a crystal fell oh off. Oh, my God. And I'm just hoping that I don't once again... Step s- on it? Step on it and... Oh, no. Start you, uh, bleeding out my foot. You know... <laughs> <laughs> Is this why you're dating a med student, just to handle your random lacerations? Because this is a common, this is very common. <laughs> like, this is disturbingly, like, just crystal cuts, you know? <laughs> oh, um, God. Okay. Yeah, warning to everybody, crystals are sharper than they appear. No, yeah, especially if you just do dumb shit, like knock them on other rocks oh, just no. for fun. Anyways, just dumb rock people problems. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, I was talking about sleep. And uh, so, I just wanted to mention a few quick things before we jump into our main topic. It, um, uh, so, like, just... Like, I don't know, a few years ago, and uh, I just kind of realized, like, I would sleep, like, laying in bed, and I, I don't know, something about it just, like, I don't know, I would just kind of naturally go the other way. So, like, I don't, like, my headboard is one way, but I sleep in the opposite direction, like a lunatic. (laughs) And I just, like, naturally started doing this for a really long time until, like, I eventually looked it up. And turns out, uh, you, uh, well, it turns out I looked it up, uh, like, what direction should you sleep in? And I was sleeping north, which is the direction, or... I was, yeah, my headboard was facing north, which is the r- direction you are not supposed to sleep in. And I was sleeping south, which is the direction people say is the best direction to sleep in for the best and most peaceful sleep. And this is just something my body started naturally kind of telling me to do. And I think that more people should try it because it's a really easy fix to a lot of just minor and even some major sleep problems because I still do all kinds of other stuff to help me sleep. Uh, but, uh, changing your direction can even start helping things like nightmares, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, sleep has always been a problem for me because I'll go through periods of time where, like, I just cannot sleep to save my life. Um, I think I went, like, a month in a row where every single night I woke up at 3.33 on the dot. Um, (laughs) Uh, witch! Yeah, it was super creepy. It was like, I don't know... I don't know why my brain is doing this, and yet I can sleep through all my alarms all the time. But, but I don't know. Recently, I guess. Well, you know what? First of all, you should invest in a bed that does not have a headboard. Yeah. You tone down the lunacy aspect of it all. That's true. But, no, I like sleeping in the opposite direction sometimes, too. I feel like it helps something about, I don't know. It reminds me about how those things about how dogs 
will only sleep and or shit in a certain direction. And this is true, mm-hmm. by the way. They, like, did a study and they were like, you know how dogs are, like, circling and stuff before they do their business or they lay down or whatever? Yeah. They're, like, circling and then the position that they tend to end up in is them facing a certain... And I I, I want to say it's, like... Oh, my God. I don't remember the exact compass direction. Should I look it up? Uh, Sure. No, I think it's really interesting just with, like, feng shui and, like, uh, what was I looking at? Something called Vastu. Oh, I found it. It's the north-south. They um, like to sleep north-south. And they do it on purpose. Mm. I guess they don't know they're doing it, but they're just drawn to that. So, maybe we're more sensitive to the magnetic field than we think we are. No, yeah, we absolutely are. Uh, especially just because, like, there's ancient sciences like feng shui and vastu that just tell you all of the ways that you should be building stuff and the ways that you should be facing certain things to attract certain energies or to do certain things in your life. And I think it's, like, really important to start thinking about that kind of stuff because, like, energies are absolutely real and they can be measured. And, you know, to think that they're not affecting... Uh, the way that you live or the way that you sleep is crazy. But I just know that personally I do a lot better usually if I'm sleeping facing south and I just get more peaceful sleep and I, you know, I don't know. It's just been better for me. But also I have uh, been doing stuff like I also, I listen to like the solfeggio frequencies mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff helps. And I'll even like induce like really uh, intense dreams that I think is awesome. I love traveling at night. <laughs> uh, it's like a free trip. Yeah, that's uh, like a free trip. <clears throat> but, uh. So, uh, there, but I've also uh, recently been doing something because I would listen to, uh, rain sounds, uh, and then my friend said, uh, that the sound water makes and other natural noises is called pink noise, and pink noise is very good for you. And I was looking into this, and pink mm-hmm. noise is very, very good for you. Super uh, interesting. No, yeah, so, uh, if you listen to, like, stuff with pink noise in it, you will just sleep uh, you'll have a deeper sleep, which sounds basic, and it kind of is, but deeper sleep just affects you on, like, a really great uh, level with memory and stuff. And there's even studies done on uh, Alzheimer's patients where uh, just listening to mm-hmm. s- pink noise while they slept was able to increase their memory by three times. Oh. So, it you know, it has a great effect on the body, and if you don't have Alzheimer's and you're doing it, you know, you're just doing better for yourself. It's great because I think the whole, like, notion behind just using, like, noises is, like, if you're sleeping, your brainwaves are going at a certain frequency, you know, and then if you detect some kind of, like, noise or something around you, like a car alarm, whatever, it, like, disrupts the sound waves that are coming into your brain, and so you wake up or you have, like, bad sleep or whatever, and sometimes you don't even know that's happening, especially because I live right next to, like, a hospital, so there's always, like, ambulances and police cars and shit going by. Um, but I think the thing with the white, I think white noise and all the different, like, noise things, like, it has a different, like, frequency of sound waves that it's putting out. So it kind of just, like, makes your brain chill out so you have a more equal distribution. So then you don't have that kind of, like, you're not as, as at risk of being disturbed by some kind of new frequency. So you sleep better. No, yeah, I think that is great. 
Um, I don't know. I just think, like, there's just so much to be done with, like, sound healing and stuff. And especially, like, there's so much uh, research being done and, uh, like, especially with memory stuff and Alzheimer's with sound uh, healing and sound technologies that I think uh, it's just, you should be doing it now because clearly there's so much evidence that it's very good for the brain and good for the body in all these kinds of ways. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, jump on it before they start charging <laughs> insane amount of money. They have it. very expensive white noise machines. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like, they're pricey. No, yeah, and I, I need to look up more about, like, what the difference is between that and just, like, listening to recorded white noise. I don't know. If I had to guess, it was probably something about how listening to recorded is not exactly the same as listening to something, like, being white noise being generated, you know? Like, you don't mm-hmm. have the same, like, probably, like, being next to a waterfall, yeah, listening yeah. to a waterfall. But, I mean, you know... You can trick your mind. <laughs> no, yeah, because that's Get kind some of, good headphones. Yeah, that's kind of what one of the articles that I was reading said, that, like, you can still get the effect from listening to a recorded version, but, yeah, the real thing is the best. Uh, but, I don't know. I've always wanted to live next to a waterfall. I love mm-hmm. the sound of running water. I used to live, my apartment used to have, like, a tin roof. Like, literally. Mm-hmm. And we had, like, a monsoon season. So it was literally, it honestly felt like a waterfall. It was oh, crazy. Wow. It was nice, though. It drove some people crazy. <laughs> like, they absolutely could not sleep, but it's fine. Yeah, that sounds like it could be annoying sometimes, but beautiful on mm-hmm. days when you're not just horrified by the world. <laughs> it's good. It's nice because I always studied there, and I feel like that's good background noise for studying, too. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just a few other updates on my life and sleeping, because I'm so interesting. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just, like, learn because, I don't know, I just always have so many st- stomach problems. And the more I fucking talk about them, the more I realize that a lot of people do. But uh, one thing that I noticed that's just, like, super easy to not have horrible stomach aches and wake up in pain is just stop eating mm-hmm. fucking, like, four hours before mm-hmm. you go to sleep. And Mm -hmm. it will heal everything so easily. (laughs) I, you know what? I concur. (laughs) I medically concur. It's great to give your body a rest before you have to go to bed. Especially because laying down is not exactly the most beneficial position for your digestive system, which does rely on gravity somewhat, you know? Um, But yeah, and also I think giving yourself a break before going to sleep gives you more time between your next meal you know, and just, like, if there's a certain amount of time before you start eating again, your body kind of has, like, a time to recalibrate all its, like, glucose and insulin and stuff like that. So that's the whole reason why, like, stuff like intermittent fasting is going to, like, help people with insulin resistance. Because mm-hmm. your body has a time to kind of, like, even itself out. Okay, yeah, that's dope. No, because I've noticed, like, with uh, just doing that, and then I've done intermittent fasting, like, once. But I guess I'm technically doing it. But yeah, it definitely. People make it so, like, oh, I don't know. I think people get excessive about it. But if you just eat an early dinner and then you skip breakfast or you have a late breakfast, you're essentially, quote unquote, intermittent fasting. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people definitely have, like, a stricter routine, but. 
I don't think that's necessary. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, it definitely, I immediately feel like I'm thinking clearer and sleeping better. And the cool thing that I love just as a hippie is that, like, the, like, the, like, <laughs> the further away, uh, from bed that you eat, I, like, there's probably a, a better way I could have said that too. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> The, like, more DMT is produced uh, in your sleep state, so you'll have more vivid dreams, and you'll be able to do stuff like lucid dream, and even uh, you'll be able to, like, your meditation practices will be better. Because something that I've recently uh, realized that I think is super dope is that as far like... The same kind of preparation, like, if you've ever done hardcore research on tripping on psychedelics and you have experience on it, <clears throat> with it, you'll know that, uh, you know, you're not supposed to eat before you do psychedelics to give uh, all these effects and stuff. And it's funny because the same preparations as I've been reading uh, this Kriya Yoga book recently, the same preparations that go into taking psychedelics go into... Uh, preparing to do a meditative practice because you are trying to induce all this stuff. And it is because you are working with the DMT in your brain. Uh, so you might even want to, you know, pop a vitamin C before you meditate or before you go to sleep uh, to help induce these states. And uh, <clears throat> I just think that's uh, very interesting because I won't go too into it now, but I've just been... Uh, just working a lot with uh, psychedelic and, or psychedelics in general and meditation. And I've been having some cool stuff happen. Uh, and uh, I am just starting to realize the similarities between the two states. Uh, but uh, what else did I want to talk about? Uh, oh, yeah, and we can uh, jump into our main topic unless you had any comments. Now I think we had a great discussion about how to sleep well. And now we can talk about how to eat well. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's kind of been our theme for today. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like in the time of corona, it's so interesting to me that people are pointing fingers at, like, every single type of reason as to why we could have ended up in this sort of like pandemic situation mm -hmm. but what i think we're not talking about nearly enough is that whole connection with covid and like emerging infectious diseases and animal agriculture mm -hmm. you know because really the way that we get these kind of novel viruses is because we essentially have giant fucking petri dishes all over the world and not just in like exotic animal markets like china like people love to talk about although that is a problem sure but it's not just the quote-unquote exotic animals it's also poultry and pigs and it's not just in china it's also in america um so it's like these kind of situations where you have humans in close contact with these animals and they're kind of, it's like really the perfect storm for these viruses to mutate in one animal and jump to humans and then start to jump to other type of people. And that is actually exactly how we fucking got Corona. <laughs> like exactly how we got Corona. That's also how we got swine flu, bird flu, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like... When all this shit is happening and we're talking about, like, how do we not end up in a pandemic again? Or, like, what well, what could have we ever have done? No one is talking about the meat industry, you know, or at least not nearly enough, I don't think. 
No, yeah, I totally agree. Because, I don't know, I feel like... I don't know, I'm just like, I'm a huge vegan. But it is just, uh, fucked up. Like, just the entire, you know, there's... The entire practice is fucked up, even if it could be done a better way. These major companies are not doing it in any kind of good way, and they don't care. And it's burning the whole planet down! It really is. The problem with all these, like, you know, what they technically call them concentrated animal feed operations, which is a factory farm. (laughs) You know what I mean? So... The problem with that is, like, they say, and here's a fun quote, 54% of all the livestock in the U.S. are confined to just 5% of these factory farms. So, like, think about that. There's 5% of the farms have 54% of all the fucking animals. So it's like a total, you know, it's like a very powerful industry of these people who have a lot of stake in making sure that there's legislation that's, like, pro extra freedoms and stuff for these giant corporations and they definitely do not want people talking about how corona and other infectious diseases are you know affecting things on like a global scale oh no yeah that's like i remember when uh mad cow happened and Oprah went on her show, and uh, she was like, oh my god, I can't believe this, this is horrible, I'm never eating beef again. <laughs> and the fucking, and Oprah, you know, Oprah has the fucking Midas touch, so mm-hmm. beef sales mm-hmm. went down significantly. Wow. And the meat industry was fucking pissed. They fucking came for Oprah. That's fucking crazy. No, yeah, and they tried to sue the shit out of her, and I think they won, and she had to make a public statement about it. And like, God, see, like that is just some mafia level shit. No, yeah, you know, it was some crazy shit. And now they're doing stuff like, you know, if you have a veggie burger, yes, you can't call it a veggie burger. Oh my burger. God, that thing drives me wild. I saw a sign the other day that was like oat milk ice cream, and I think their slogan was literally like, "We can't call it quote ice cream," but I don't know. I guess it's still good. I've never had oat milk. Yeah. I should probably try it sometime. I've had but it a little bit. It's okay. But it went, people went yeah. through like an oat milk phase. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people give a shit anymore. Anyway, <laughs> uh, tangent aside, that's just crazy. Like how you can't call meat meat. No. Like, or burgers. I don't know. Like you can't use meat words. No, yeah, it's insane. They're just like fucking taking all the words just <laughs> to make it harder. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's some... I feel that see a lot of vegan restaurants just like doing wacky spellings. Yeah. Like it'll be like chicken with like an apostrophe somewhere. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the way to go because I mean, people know what they're, you know. It's crazy because I think apart from kind of if you remove humanity from the food chain like that and you really just even cut down drastically on the amount of meat you produce, you're directly affecting you know, all this, like, deforestation and stuff like that because the large amount of agriculture that's done in America as well as in other countries isn't actually for human consumption. It's, like, mass feed produced for animal consumption. Mm -hmm. And then they mix that feed with all these fun antibiotics and hormones and then the amount of waste produced... The amount of, like, sheer cow shit, (laughs) honestly produced by just all the animal factory farming is actually insane like i think livestock and just 
you know, all their byproducts produce like 32,000 million tons of carbon dioxide every single year. So that's 51% of the whole world's greenhouse gas emissions. It's yeah. coming from cow farts and other, you know, animals. <laughs> like, yeah, that's insane. That's and, insanity. And then I think it's something like, I forget what it is, but something in like the pig shit, like literally it destroys the land and like mm-hmm. you can't even farm there. Yeah, it's, I don't know exactly what that's called, but there's a lot of, I don't know. And then, you know, all these animal wastes that have that's been mixed with all the super powerful antibiotics also has all these pathogenic bacteria you know like salmonella and like cryptospora e coli all the stuff and so that bacteria gets to like interact with all these powerful antibiotics you know and then it's literally shed off into the environment and it mixes into like some some places they have problem where the runoff affects the downstream farming that they do so they literally can't farm there anymore no yeah or it gets into the food and then we eat it so that's just delightful yep 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 yep. i think people need to take steps and realize that they need to they can't just let the meat industry just kind of trick everybody like this no yeah because it's the biggest thing that people can do for their health because some things like we don't realize that we have generational diseases because we generally generationally eat the same mm-hmm. you know and it's not necessarily genetic mm-hmm. yeah people need to kind of evolve i think their habits a little bit no yeah absolutely oh yeah and then uh uh, what do you call it? And then, uh, uh, what was the little thing we learned about B12? Oh my god, okay, so everyone, I, like, recently learned this, which is that B12, of course, as we all know, is something that a lot of people are deficient in. It's one of the, um, it's a vitamin. Like, one of the number one deficiencies in humans. I think number one might be vitamin D. I think everyone's vitamin D deficient. But B12 is definitely up there. I've definitely given a couple B12 shots in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but... It's funny because they often say that people, one of the reasons that you can be B12 deficient is that you don't have enough B12 in your diet because you're not eating enough B12. And mm-hmm. another reason you can be B12 deficient is that even though you're eating it, your stomach has an autoimmune condition called like pernicious anemia and you can't absorb the B12 that you're eating. Yeah. And for the first one where you're not eating enough, I feel like people are always saying like, oh, if you're vegan or if you're vegetarian, you don't get enough B12 because you find it in animal products. And that is true. You do find it in animal products. However... I think we don't really understand why we find it in animal products. And the reason is because it's just part of a greater food chain. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's one of those things where actually B12 is metabolized and made by a certain type of bacteria that lives in the soil where, you know, the food grows and then the animal eats the food. And so they get the B12 that was in the soil. And then we would eat the animal and so we got the b12 that was in the animal that was in the grass that was in the soil yeah, and it's because the uh feed that we're giving to the animals we're not washing that before we feed it to them because mm-hmm. we don't give a fuck if the animals get pesticides right or not. right and so the hilarious thing though is that now the feed because of factory farming we're not giving the animals like fresh pig whatever the fuck like they're not grazing in the soil you know yeah it's factory farming so we're just giving them grown food or you know low quality food and so 
amazingly, a lot of the B12 supplements that are made, a large, large percent of that actually goes not towards people to take, but for the animal industry to put into their feed to feed their fucking animals so their animals will have enough B12. So for people who say that, you know, you're being insufficient in B12 if you don't eat animal products and why you shouldn't take a supplement, you should just eat, you know, meat. It's hilarious because the meat you're eating also took a supplement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's insane. So one of the best ways that you can get B12 because it is produced by a bacteria in dirt Mm -hmm. is by literally just getting a little dirty. Like take your shoes off and stick them in some dirt, stick your feet in some dirt, get your toes in some grass, absorb that B12 and those free electrons. And also if you like have a little garden, grow any of your own food, or if you can go to somewhere cool, like we went to Underwood Farms mm-hmm. recently. Shout this, out uh, to Moore Park. No, yeah, shout out to Moore <laughs> Park. Uh, this organic farm where you can go around and pick your own fruits and vegetables. Doing something like that where it's organic and you know they're not using pesticides or anything mm-hmm. and you know it's out in some nice sun which is, you know, antibacterial anti-viral you can get uh uh you can just pick the food and eat it directly because the only stuff that's really going to be uh left on the food is like just okay to eat and you're going to get the b12 directly from the soil without causing any harm to you and without getting any of those pesticides uh so yeah if you have any access to food you can grow yourself or food that you know is organically grown Get a handful, you know, of raspberries or something. Oh my god, we had such a fun time. I think everyone should go to Underwood Farms if they live in whatever the Los Angeles area, I suppose. No, yeah, if you are in California or close to Moore Park. No, yeah, or any place like that. They have a lot of farm picking things out in the countryside nowadays. No, yeah, I think everybody should be doing something like that, especially if you have stomach problems. Uh, because doing something like if you can, you know, get a thing of strawberries once a week, once a month that still got a little dirt on them and have just been grown. Uh, and also, uh, you know, if you have access to uh, uh, hot spring water or well spring water. Uh, you know, you can get the right bacterias in your body to just, like, restart your gut if you're having horrible problems. And I've certainly been able to do it. Just that mixed with not eating fucking white bread and just going to sprout <laughs> white it bread. White bread is the devil. It, yeah, it will turn your whole fucking life around. Oh my god, I love bread, though. No, yeah, and that's not even, like, totally giving up bread. Just, like, going to sprouted grains... Oh my god, you will stop having pain. (laughs) I am such, like, an example of that. We also tried fermented garlic. Oh, yeah. Black garlic for the first time the other day. It's delicious. It's delicious. It's a great fruit for anyone who hates fermented, the taste of fermented foods, to add a fermented food to their diet, because those have a lot of great benefits, too. Man, you're getting all kinds of great stuff. But yeah, I think that's just like, the B12 thing was like... That blew my mind. I did not know about that. Because, you know, they teach you like, oh, it's this, like it's a vitamin, it does this in the body and like blah, blah, blah. But B12 was a really important one because it it's one of the vitamins that helps like with your whole nervous system, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Now I'm thinking about like the opposite. We... <laughs> We briefly met a dude who was on an all-meat diet, like a carnivore diet. People are amazing. 
people are just uh, no. truly amazing. I wonder where they got that idea. <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem, even if you love meat, like, why would you only eat just, I don't know, I can't wrap my fucking mind around it. Like, not know. even bread. Like, <laughs> what? like, fine, you can be, like, you don't have to be healthy about it. But. No, I don't know. Not even a fruit. I love fucking fruit. <laughs> I don't know. People are. I don't. I just hope he's still living. I right. Guess. Every so often, I think about him. I'm like, are you still with us, dude? <laughs> he was like, "This is early. This is in the earlier days of quarantine." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "This is the thing I'm doing. I'm gonna just eat meat." And I was just silently listening, being like, "Oh boy." <laughs> well. Oh yeah, just one last thing on the B12. I just think uh, doing, uh, getting your B12 by grounding or eating fresh, organic, unwashed foods is the best way to go. Because, or even if you just like give them like just a super light wash with uh, water, uh, you know, you're good to go. That won't kill all of the good bacteria. Just get some of the extra dirt off. Uh, that it's so good for you because that is the way you are supposed to consume food. You are supposed to be a part of the ecosystem. Uh, being mm-hmm. in a sterile environment is not good for not you. Good. And if you have ever grown plants or ever grown mushrooms, <laughs> you would know that a, a mushroom or a plant will just grow in the dirt if you throw it in the right environment, just like a person will. That's so funny. But, I've seen memes about that. No, yeah, but... but every fucking houseplant. <laughs> no, yeah, but as soon as you try to put it in a pot in its own contained sterile environment... Suddenly it's a princess. Yeah, suddenly you have to spray it with a bottle every 10 minutes. You gotta make sure it's doing okay. Oh my you know, We had basil that we all brought back from the brink of death this mm-hmm. week. We had, like, a Trader Joe basil, and we left it outside for, like, one day. No, yeah, and one it's, day. It's because you have removed a living thing from an ecosystem. You know, it's not getting all of the microbiotics that it would out in, you know, the dirt with mm-hmm. other plants and dead stuff. And you aren't either. It's crazy. You know, I recently had a spider plant that I had, like, three spider plants, and I potted two of them together because one was really tiny. And then I plotted one by itself. And the one by itself is not doing so hot. Um, and initially I thought it was because, like, oh, my God, maybe plants need company. And so that's why the ones that were together were doing well. And then I realized that the bigger one in the pot of two had just cannibalized <laughs> the smaller <laughs> one that I potted it with. So I guess it just needed food. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I guess that's why if you grow them in nature, it can just eat its neighbor i don't know i guess so i've always wanted like a venus flytrap <laughs> no i think yeah i'll get you one i used to have one as a kid and i just like could not keep it alive but that's why <laughs> i'm just so dedicated to the plant game you now. need a vegan plant <laughs> no i will keep a plant alive uh, i just can't wait to have my own place that i surround with the sagebrush instead mm-hmm. of a fence oh my gosh a... psa if, if y'all have not smell sagebrush you should try it and you can also burn it like you would just regular sage like white sage mm-hmm. except it smells so much better it smells so much better like and white does... sage you're definitely just replacing the demons with the sage demon no yeah <laughs> you know but sagebrush is oh my god gorgeous no yeah it's so good and if when you or if and when you <laughs> learn how to spot it in nature out here in sunny southern california it's an abundance it is 
everywhere. It grows like uh, fucking weed. Anywhere there is just open nature, mm-hmm. you're going to find sagebrush. And I don't know. We've been picking it like since the summer started, and it's always there. Like it mm-hmm. can. It's kind of just a bush. It's not like a flower that blooms or anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just always there. It's great. And it's fantastic. And yeah, free incense for you. Free smudging. Free incense. It's a fantastic. Very strong smelling. Uh, <laughs> uh, but let's see. I'm uh, gonna close out the episode. But I just wanted to say, um, I've been learning a lot about just the crystal healing and stuff. And it's going well. I'm going to definitely be talking about crystal healing and energy healing in another episode. And maybe start kind of reviewing some energy healing and, uh, you know, hippie-ish type books. Because maybe that'll be a way I finish a book in my Mm. adulthood. Uh, I'm very committed. I am now reading a book on Kriya Yoga, which I've been pretty interested in for a while. Uh, and I also have one on Padmasambhava, mm. which is, you're getting to the same place that Kriya Yoga would take you, but he's more of a hippie. He's yeah. like, no, we fucking, <laughs> we doing drugs. I don't give a fuck. You know, I believe there's a lot of different paths to enlightenment. <laughs> there's all kinds of paths. And I'm reading about a lot of them right now. Uh, so I definitely will look into that because my whole thing now is that, like, I know so much fucking information on so many topics, especially regarding, like, uh, you know, all this hippie stuff, like uh, psychic stuff and enlightenment and all that. But there's, like, you're there comes a point where you know so much information that you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, you like, have to start utilizing. You have to start doing. Yeah. And yeah, I believe in that so much. No, yeah. So the only information that I'm trying to truly take in now, other than just chilling out when I'm with my girl watching mm-hmm. Gracie and Frankie and Gracie. all that. <laughs> what the fuck is it called? Gracie and Frankie. There I am. <laughs> when I watch Grace and Frankie and all like stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'll do that, but other than that, it's all about stuff that is hardcore learning to do. Mm. So the Kriya Yoga book is all about specific techniques to do instead of just theory. Mm-hmm. No more theory, mm-hmm. at yeah. least not for a long time. Time to apply. Yeah, done with the theory. It's a expe- uh, or, wow, can't even speak. Expect. Uh, <laughs> expect. Except, wait, no, <laughs> that's not what this I wanted. Is like charades, <laughs> <laughs> but also that's the same with the Padmas and Baba mm-hmm. book. And I did order the Love one just oh. to look at, but I would love to talk about that sometime. No, yeah, maybe we'll just kind of start reviewing and like do a chapter and talk about it and stuff. But uh, yeah, because the Law one is cool because it's not just uh, it goes into all the stuff, but like the first book, especially like the first half of the first book, it it just tells you about these legit hardcore scientists that did 20 years of research on telepathy and the opening of the book just tells you the process in which they started to build their telepathic connection and then the book goes on to uh the basically the years worth of conversations that they had telepathically with an otherworldly entity mm. and it's all very very interesting uh but the most interesting part to me i think is just like uh the 
building of the telepathic link. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about that. But anyways, thank you for listening. I had a great time with you. As usual, all of the links and stuff that we've referenced will be in the bottom. Uh, please like uh, and comment and follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Hell yeah. Uh, do the thing. Uh, this has been great and lovely. Uh, follow me on Instagram at, at @cosmicqueer with a K. With a K. Also check out the website cosmicqueer with a K. <laughs> dot com and come and you know hang out. And I've got all kinds of cool stuff going on. Uh, gonna talk about some fun things and awesome. That's been cool. I'm Fletcher, and bye. Uh.